0: We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our emergency freedom alerts for October 10th, 2022. And the next report is entitled, Banks Now Flagging Customers Withdrawing Larger Amounts of Cash, Uh, What to Do to Prepare. So I thought this guy did a pretty good, succinct job on describing the situation here.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the situations with the markets, with the economy and the banks have never been worse than right now. And in today's video, I'm going to show you some shocking facts and shocking data that show that the banks are in trouble. And I've been told by many of my subscribers, I've seen many examples where customers that are trying to withdraw cash they're now being targeted by the banks. I'm going to show you how the banks are preparing for mass defaults, mass bankruptcies, how banks' earnings are plummeting, and I'm also going to go over the laws that make it completely legal for the banks to take all your money. So everyone, this is a very important video, so let's not waste any time. Let's get straight into the news, the facts, and the data. So to start off, I just want you to imagine this. You wake up one morning, You pick up your phone to check your bank balance, and you look at your phone and see your bank balance has been completely wiped out. Your entire life savings have been wiped out overnight, but not because some fraudster has stolen it. The real reason it happened is because the banking institution, the banks, they told us that were unquestionably strong, that were too big to fail, has finally faltered. What the bank has done has taken your deposit and converted it into shares to ensure its own survival. You now own those shares, but you've taken on more risk than you sign up for and those shares could become completely worthless now some people think this is fiction or i'm describing some economic nightmare but no people this has already happened before it has happened in europe in cyprus and it's also happened before in history just in a little bit of a different way this is called a bank bail-in now remember in 2008 where there was something called bank bailouts because these big huge banking institutions were apparently too big to fail which is a lie people, it's a lie these banks tell you because of course if I run a pizza shop and my pizza shop is gonna go out of business, I'm gonna do everything I can, I'm gonna say listen, my pizza shop is too big to fail. If my pizza shop goes out of business, this whole town's business will falter. They aren't too big to fail people. If a bank fails, someone else will come along Run the bank more efficient and take less risk, which is what these banks are definitely doing right now. Because listen to this a bail in helps a financial institution on the brink of failure by requiring the cancellation of debts owed to creditors and depositors. Bail ins have been considered across the globe to help mitigate the burden on taxpayers as a result of bank bailouts. So, this is completely ridiculous, people. There was a huge upheaval of using taxpayers' money uh, to bail out these big, huge corporations and these banks. So the government says, you know what? We've got a great idea. Instead of using your tax money, we'll just use your money in your bank account instead. Problem, reaction, solution. Now again, this has already happened in Cyprus, but it did already happen in the US just in a slightly different way. And the way they did this, was with gold. And it was with Executive Order 6102, which required all persons to deliver on or before May 1, 1933, all but a small amount of gold coin, gold bullion, and gold certificates owned by them to the Federal Reserve in exchange for $20.69, equivalent to $433 uh, in 2021. Now, what's something we learned from history, everyone? That's right, we don't learn from history. And it normally just takes about 80 years for people to completely forget what happened during the past generations. And while we may think 1933 was thousands, was ancient history, it's not really when you think about it in the grand scheme of things of, you know, thousands and thousands of years. It wasn't that long ago. And people didn't really have much cash back in those times. They held a lot of gold. That was really their safe haven asset back then. And what the U.S. did, said, hey, listen, you have to give us all your gold. And with conflicts only getting worse and worse in the world right now, who knows if an executive order could come again to take all people's cash
0: Especially when the day comes when gold and silver go to their where they should well if that day comes because it's manipulated you know it's manipulated by the rothschilds and the the bankers but if that day comes when gold or silver approximates will they do that will they do that exact thing will they say oh now you've got to turn all your gold and silver in you know i mean and this is why i've been saying for years to not create a paper trail if you get that stuff, you buy online, you've just created a paper trail. You know, even if it's from a reputable company, not you know the government will go to that company and demand their records. <laughs> That's why I've been saying that for years. Find somebody local that you can get. Don't buy numismatically valuable coins or bullion, you know, junk silver is a great one to have, um, and you don't really have to worry about it being counterfeited or anything like that, and from a local dealer, like with low overhead, like at a, you know, find some you can trust at a flea market or some local dealer that doesn't have a lot of overhead, because the more overhead they've got, the more they've got to typically charge you, and there shouldn't be any paperwork involved, so I'm just saying that regarding what he just said that's why i'm reiterating that
1: the banks to fund whatever initiative the government needs to do or to save these too big to fail banks because the banks are going to be in serious trouble with the stock market crashing right now with the bond market crashing right now credit card debts at all-time highs repos are starting in the car market and a lot of cars are underwater in value, and what's really going to hurt the banks is when the housing market finally does start to crash, and people, it is going to happen. With the Federal Reserve likely to increase interest rates by at least another 1.5%, with the two-year Treasury yield over 4% now, with mortgage rates getting close to 7% from what they were 2.75% in 2020, a big housing correction is just a mathematical certainty right now. But look at this, US bank profits to tumble on higher bad loan reserves. So the banks are saying, don't worry, everything's fine why are they all of a sudden starting to pile up cash to get ready for these mass defaults, mass bankruptcies that are going to be coming? Because what happened in 2020, 2021, people given huge amounts of stimulus checks out. They've given away the free money like Oprah Winfrey and with inflation surging, there's no more free money coming. Listen to this. Analysts expect JP Morgan Chase and co will report a 25% drop in profit on Thursday, while Citigroup Inc and Wells Fargo and co will show and 42% profit declines, respectively. These are no small drop in profits, people. These are huge drop in profits. And we're not even in a recession yet. Wait until they officially finally admit that we are in a recession. We all know that we are in a recession, but the government refuses to admit it. Maybe they'll admit it after November. But if we get two more negative quarters of GDP, guess what, we won't be in a recession. We will be in a depression. you know what some new developments I've been hearing from some of my subscribers lately with my other friends I've been talking to is people like myself know that their money is not safe in the banks. And especially with the markets crashing right now, with the liquidity crisis likely to come around the corner, especially in the US Treasury market and mortgage-backed security market with the Federal Reserve no longer buying, they've been thinking, okay, I want to start withdrawing cash. Now, normally there's a limit how much you can withdraw per day. It can range anywhere between five and $10,000 with most banks. Now what some people do to get around this is they may withdraw, for example, three, $4,000 per day so they don't hit this limit, and so, you know, they don't get... and so you know they don't get anything suspicious with the banks or so they don't have to deal with the banks constantly asking why are you taking this money out now it's understandable why the banks have to ask this for the customer's safety but some people appreciate their privacy and they don't want to have to tell the banks a reason every single time they are withdrawing money but what I've heard some banks are doing now is they're targeting customers trying to use this loophole and I had a subscriber tell me he was withdrawing three thousand dollars every day but then he got a notification from his bank to notify him that they're now are limiting his withdrawals per month now the bank notified him he can only withdraw five thousand dollar per month unless he gives a good reason why he needs to take the money out and you may think this is no big deal people but this has never happened before we are losing our privacy
0: more a good reason it's his money and they're telling him the, the they showing you who really you know they're acting like no it's our money you've got to give us a good reason <laughs> I mean, it's un unreal more
1: every single week things are getting tighter more restrictive and guess what you know what their ultimate plan is eliminating cash altogether yes we're seeing more businesses not wanting to
0: accept cash and we're going to talk about that next
1: we are seeing this huge push for the central bank digital currency and if they actually in the central bank digital currency well you won't be able to get cash
0: anymore altogether and the more society does not use cash and the more they go over to electronic type payments especially when you're out. i understand if you're online you don't have a choice really but i'm talking about in your day-to-day business the more people use their cards or electronic forms of payment or whatever the more they gravitate toward that or the more that gives the green light to the cabalists to the luciferians that are in control of the system that they're ready society's ready to go cashless
1: And this is why I think the Federal Reserve and other central banks are scrambling so fast to bring the central bank digital currency by next year or 2024, because when we do have this huge financial crisis, well, guess what? The banks will be able to bail in those deposits and there'll be absolutely nothing you can do about it. Listen to this. The Great Recession that followed ushered in the term too big to fail. Regulators and politicians used it to describe the rationale for rescuing some of the country's largest financial institutions with tax. Taxpayer-funded bailouts. Heeding the public's displeasure over the use of their tax dollars in such a way, Congress passed the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform and Consumer Act in January 2010, which eliminated the option of bank bailouts but opened the door for bank bail-ins. So again, people, this is not just some crazy theory. This is all signed into law. And this is happening in every single major economy around the world. And there's been a big push from the Bank of International Settlements. That's like the central bank for the central banks. Now remember, they're not a government institution. They're a private institution. The Bank of International Settlements has also spoken openly about how bail-ins can be used with a focus on integrations in the European Union. In these scenarios, bail-ins can be used in the cases wherein a full government bailout is unlikely. I think a government bailout is very unlikely because governments are swimming in debt right now. They simply don't have the funds to bail out these banks that have trillions and trillions of dollars in deposits. And they all say, well, look, we've got FDIC. Well, have you ever questioned how much FDIC actually has? Let's go have a look at their website. The DIF balance has risen every quarter since the end of 2009 and stood out a record $119.4 billion on March 31st, 2021, up from 110 billion at the end of 2019, the reserve ratio stood at. Look at this, 1.25%. That's right, people. FDIC only has enough money to cover. Guess what? How much deposits? Only 1.25%.
0: So, if, if you had, for argument's sake, a hundred grand in the bank, you'd get a thousand and uh, what, twenty two, twelve hundred and fifty dollars. your money if that if if everybody was compensated equally at the 1.25 percent you would get a thousand two hundred and fifty dollars back if the banks collapsed and they paid you what they have in their reserves or whatever 1.2 out of a hundred thousand
1: hello that is nowhere near enough and do you know the only thing that's holding up these banking institutions confidence That's right, all it is is confidence. If we had a bank run on one of these financial institutions and people couldn't get out their money and that fear spread, we would see a full-on banking Mm -hmm. crisis and the whole system would collapse within a few days. It's simply only this confidence that is holding up. And in that
0: case, only the people that got there first would actually get their money. The people that came later, that 1.25% would be burned through very quickly. And the people that came later, and I mean obviously bank run would be very quick. <laughs> you're you're not gonna probably get anything. House
1: of cards. Because look at this chart, look how much deposits there are in the US banking system. That's right, eighteen trillion dollars and the FDIC is only insuring one hundred and nineteen billion. And when we look at all the data, all the research, when we look at cycles in history, we're leading up to the super cycle. A lot of the seven year cycles are starting to overlap. A lot of the 80 year cycles are overlapping, the fourth turning, et cetera. There's a lot of speculation that something big could happen at the end of this month. But what is a matter of fact is that we did not recover from 2008. All governments did was print money. All they tried to do was throw money at it to cover the problem, but guess what? It only covered up the problem. The real problem is still rotting underneath. So people don't wait for something to break in the financial system to act. It is time to act now to prepare yourself and to prepare your families. This is not financial advice, but just what I like to do is I like to have multiple bank accounts. So if something happens to one banking institution, even a blackout with that banking institution, at least I have other accounts there. And to go a step further, I like to have cold hard cash on hand because if something happened with the power grid or something happened with all banks they couldn't communicate with each other, at least I've got some cash to transact. And if I couldn't buy anything from the store, well, that's when you have to take things into your own hands and prepare even further by having extra food at home, extra water, extra daily essentials. So in the case, for whatever reason, you couldn't transact, couldn't get your money out of the bank account, you will still have items, you'll still be okay, and you don't have to go out there in the chaos. Because you know what would happen if one of these big banking institutions went down and people couldn't get money out of their account and people couldn't buy things at the store? We would see absolute chaos. And the last thing you want to have to do is put yourself in danger and go into that chaos when there's chaos on the street with people hungry, trying to get the essential items. So everyone, with everything that's happening in the markets with the financial institutions right now, I thought this was a good reminder, already be prepared, what are you seeing what's happening with your banks are you hearing any stories like this happening in your area? let me know in the comments below now for all my law viewers and subscribers are
0: watching okay so let's go to the next video along the same lines this is supper, Southern Prepper one who posts a daily thing on all the stuff that's going on that he's getting feedback from his listeners around the nation regarding a lot of the financial woes and shortages and things of this nature that are taking place he said my bank tried harder hard to hinder my withdrawal of money from my account this morning and i'll just let him it's pretty pretty i think a pretty brief video here yeah
2: hey youtube this on the Prepper one um it is saturday morning roughly about an hour and a half ago i was at the bank i was going to withdraw some money as you know the hurricane uh destroyed a lot of things in florida so we are doing a an addition on our house, and my son is also doing an addition on his house. So we we decided that we're gonna make sure we have enough supplies on hand because we are afraid building materials are gonna go up. So I went to the bank to withdraw some money. It's easier for me just to give Nate money when he runs to the Lowe's or Home Depot or the supply house instead of having to give him my credit card or give him my debit card or a check. It's just easier. It it creates no problems. Um, So I went into the bank. Bank of America. Yeah, I know I shouldn't bank there, but I've been banking there for before the Army, and I've all through my Army, my retirement checks there. And knowing the Army, you don't want to touch anything because they mess everything up. So that's why um, I'm still there for, with that account. So I went in there to withdraw $9,400, which is not a lot of money. I got to buy a heating and air system, pay for that next week. I, I got Lowe's and Home Depot. That money is gone. That is nothing when you're doing an addition, it is pennies. Um, I had plenty of money in there, plenty, plenty, plenty of money. Um, I've taken money from retirement and put that in there. So there's plenty of money in there. So I walked up and asked for $9,400. The lady said, we can only give you $4,000, which I know is a lie because a week before I took some more money out. Um, and she said, well, it's the, the weekend. Okay. It's the weekend. So I said, that does not make me happy. So she said, all right, she went and talked to another girl behind the counter and said, go talk to, um, this would be, she gave a title of um, manager of the vault, vault manager, I think that's what she said. So I, I waited for her to finish with her customer, I went down and talked to her, and she said, how much do you want? And I said, I want $9,400. And then it started. Oh, my gosh. I was at the point almost where I was going to tell her, close my account. Give me it all in cash and then see if you got enough money. Um, She said, first of all, she said, why do you want all that money? And I point blank said, because it's my money. Then she says, is this for payroll? And I said, no, it's not for payroll. She said, well, if it's for payroll, we have other options you can use instead of getting all this cash out. I again said, no, it's not for payroll. Um, She also then said, would you like a, I think it was cashier's check. Could you use a cashier's check? No, I don't want a cashier's check. Then I said, no. Then she said, well, we have other options so you don't have to get all this money out. I said, no, I'd like my $9,400, please. She then said, as she said, okay, because I was very emphatic and I was very upset. And I know, you put the money in the bank and they have control over it. So that's going to change. Then she said, after she's starting the process of getting my $9,400 out, she said, if we give you this money, will your money be safe? Like someone's going to steal my money. That was the last draw. Um, It was, they did not want me to take $9,400 out of the bank, which is, No big deal because next week they would be getting either a debit or a check to pay the $9,400. But it was at a point where it upset me enough where it's like, if you keep this up, I'm gonna find another bank. I need to find another bank. I do, I need to find a local bank. The nice thing about Bank of America, it's big. So when I go anywhere, like I go anywhere, you guys know I don't go anywhere. But if I do, then there's banks everywhere where I can access my money. But I picked 9400 because you know if you do 10, then they got to fill out the paperwork, which is no big deal. Uh, you know the government knows I have the money I've transferred it in from legal means it's nothing illegal. Um, but I didn't want the hassle because then you got to get the manager over there and they he will ask you, what you need all that money for? So, Is this, you know, an effort uh, of stopping people from withdrawing money? When I was there, right when I walked into a bank, a person was getting finished with their uh, whatever they were doing banking-wise. And he had an envelope, and it had about that much in there. So if those were $100 bills, it's definitely $10,000. He was walking out. I did not get there. If I was there maybe a minute earlier, I could have heard the conversation he had with the teller about getting his money out, but I didn't, so I I don't know, but he had a chunk of money in an envelope. Now, it could have been $20 bills. It could have been $100 bills. I don't know. I'm going to go back to the bank next week. I'm going to take some more money out to see if they give me a hard time. This money is what I'm using to build my addition, to add on to my house, so um, we're just going to see, but yes, there is definitely, today I got harassed, harassed. I mean, even asking me, is my money going to be safe? It is none of their business. As soon as they give that to me and I walk out their door, leave their property, for sure it's none of their business. Uh, they're not responsible for that. Um, but I'm getting other boots on their ground report where people are trying to get money out of the bank, and they're getting the same amount of questions I was getting. Um, I'm going to go next week. I'm going to take some money out. Even if I don't need to take the money out. I'm going to take the money out, and I'm going to see their... Um, Their response to me. Is something going on in the banking world? Is something going on in the banking system? Yes, I can tell you yes. Uh, I know a lot of people uh, through boots on the ground, through uh, prepping that are withdrawing cash out of the bank because they aren't secure uh, in this economy. They're not feeling like their their savings uh, is secure, and and rightfully so. They're playing games with the whole economy. Um, So that's my... An hour and a half, two hours ago, what happened to me trying to get money out of the bank? Do you guys have anything happened to you lately? Have you taken out a large chunk of money um, and have you been at least asked the questions? But today went way overboard. Never have I asked, is your money going to be safe in the form of the cash? Thanks for watching.
0: Okay, so along the same lines, next report, UK going cashless as over a third of brits abandon physical tender for contactless payments british citizens are going noticeably cashless as multi-millions are going completely contactless instead of paying with physical money coins and checks i'm assuming when they say completely contactless that's like when you like just wave your card you know with the chips and stuff i guess uh as of last year 23.1 23.1 million Brits reportedly only use cash once a month or not at all. A stark increase from uh, 13.7 million in just 2020. So that was two years ago. You've got 10 more million, uh, roughly 10 more million people not using cash at all or just once a month 10 more million in just 2 years and this is exactly exactly how the new world order boys are trying to herd us into this cashless society you have to have a cashless society to have the mark of the beast ultimately That's ultimately where they're trying to get us. Now, we're not in the tribulation yet. The Antichrist isn't here. The false prophet's not here. We're not there yet. But they're hurting us in that direction. Because Satan, you know, knows that's where he needs to have us. According to a recent statement from UK Finance, the banking body for the nation, it said that one in six payments made last year used physical notes and coins with cash transactions falling 1.7%, still cash transactions represented 15% uh, of forms of buying and selling last year. The monetary group forecast that by 2031, only 6% of transactions will be physical. I would be very surprised that by 2031 they wouldn't have already tried to move us into absolute total cashless society. The Guardian says that most of the u- the most used form of payment was a debit card last year, 48%, reflecting the continued growth in popularity of contactless cards. However, the number of people turning their backs on cash surged in 2021. This could be because some businesses went card only during the scandemic, of course. Yeah, that was another thing the, the scandemic was causing you know you've got so many satanic agendas being accomplished and one of them is oh it's got germs on it it's it's got covid on it i can't so i'm going to go it's it's all the more justification to use these types of things um and then some businesses stopped accepting cash altogether during that time there are also indications that some consumers avoided using banknotes and coins for the fear that they might transmit covid yeah well yeah we just covered that um, going further, then we have Tesco, the largest supermarket chain in the UK is planning to implement biometric payment options in their stores, which would include palm readers and facial scanners. So you can get your palm read and, you know, your face scan. So you could, you know, it's got to go into a psychic. You got your palm read and, and then you can get your face scan, teasing, sorry, Humor there. Anyway, but it is rumored that the chain just might outright remove or greatly limit customers' use of cash in stores. Uh, Charge Retail Tech News says some reports have said the move will see the UK's largest supermarket moving away from cash and card payments, with others suggesting they will no longer be accepted at all. Many consumers are apprehensive about the technology, seeing it as one step closer to a cashless society. The chain. Already offers an app called Tesco Pay Plus that allows customers to pay with groceries with a fingerprint or facial scan. Wow, the app tracks user spending habits, uh, pays the bill remotely, and collects in-store points. Moreover, Tesco recently partnered with Onfido or Fido, I don't know, a photo-based identification artificial intelligence company, to to provide a smoother and more secure application process for club pay plus customers in a recent tweet one tesco customer claimed i've just had an interesting conversation with a staff member at tesco who has confirmed that tesco will be implementing biometric payments face and palm scanning which we already know they've admitted to by early next year Uh, they will no longer be accepting cash or cards now that's what they're saying We'll see. I don't usually shop in there. That just reinforced my decision to never step foot in that place again. Yes, and that's resisting evil. You know, that is that. I mean, it's a form of resisting evil. Related reports regarding these subjects. Uh, Here's one link MasterCard releases new biometric payment option smile to pay. You have to smile, and I guess a camera, and that is how you pay. On Sanity. And then Aldi Grocery Store opens first checkout free store in London under heavy surveillance. So I guess there's no checkout person there. It scans all your things as you're going through it, I guess. Amazon opens first Whole Foods. All the more reason not to go to Whole Foods. All their wicked agendas. And Amazon, I believe, owns them now. They open their first Whole Foods store that uses cashierless technology and palm scanners. I use if I go to a grocery store, I use the cashiers. I don't go through. I mean, I've I've had times when I went in there and I had just hardly any items. I guess I've used the the whatever, but it's better to use the cashiers because that's how you keep them employed and that's how you keep people in there and that's how you you um that's that is also a way of resisting the evil of this ultimately bringing us to a cashless society. Uh, then. And this is also related. <clears throat> Nokia CEO says 6G will render smartphones obsolete by 2030. And will be get integrated into your body instead. Which is what I've been warning about. It's not me. It's just information that's widely available if you check into it. I've I've said for a long time the smartphones are going to end up inside you. That's where it all leads. During the 2022 World Economic Forum Summit meeting in Davos last week, Nokia CEO... Petka Lundmark says the smartphone technology will be hardwired into the people's bodies by 2030, made possible by 6G. Um, While 5G gets most of the attention right now, tech giants and investors have already been looking into the future for 6G, which I can't even, 5G is bad enough, 6G I can't even imagine. We have reported on 6G in several other reports. Uh, Here's some reports. New microchip to power 6G systems and power AI drones and these are there's these are all links you can click on in the PDF for this teaching. Samsung unveils 6G technology that can replicate people and devices says they are ahead of schedule then China and America are leading the charge for 6G going back to the report it says in 6G mankind merges with the main with the machine becoming a cyborg in an autonomous city uh, which relates to our next report. Uh, i I really think like when I, I put these together it's like so many times they just fall together so and i just give the lord the credit for all that because it's it's all like seamless almost um in 6g mankind merges with the machine becoming a cyborg in an autonomous city remember that and constant interconnectivity to the grid and internet along the slew of other things as well 6g's role will be also noted in the W.P.'s report, Agenda 2030, You'll Own Nothing and Be Happy, where the World Economic Forum wrote in an essay describing their vision of life by 2030, writing, quote, Once in a while I get annoyed about the fact that I have no real privacy, know where I can go and not be registered. I know that somewhere everything I do, think, and dream of is recorded. I just hope that nobody will use it against me. Oh, I'm sure Satan would never in a million billion years use anything against you. Ever. Perish the thought. 6G will most certainly aid in that, however. Moreover, it will render the current smartphones totally obsolete. And that is what tech giants like Nokia, CEO, Petka, Lundmark are saying as well. During a panel discussion, an audience member asked... When the move from current smartphone smartphone model to something that's on your face, like smart glasses, is coming. Lundmark addressed the question and succinctly explained what the future of smartphones will be. He said, quote, it will definitely happen. I was talking about 6G earlier, which is around 2030. I would say that by then, definitely the smartphone as we know it today will not be uh, the usual kind of mo- the most common interface. Many of these things will be built directly into our bodies. Neural interfaces. And let me tell you, if you had already gotten the COVID shot and or multiple COVID shots with the boosters, you're already getting all your, neuro- your neural implantation uh, upgrades. They're already being set up in you. Your operating system's already being set up inside your body via the graphene oxide, via all the nanotechs and nanotech, and all the stuff that's interfacing with your smartphone right now, and the 5G grid, and the Bluetooth connectivity, and all that stuff, and that 12-digit alphanumeric code that keeps coming up over and over and over again—that's—that's that's, you're assigned when you have your 5G. And I've seen way more video. I, I saw a video the other day. I, I can't play it, but it was these two guys. The, <laughs> these guys couldn't have been hate Jews any more. And I understand there, there there's reasons to hate the Jewish hierarchy, the Kabbalistic Jews that have a large part in the New World Order. I, I get that, and I've I've talked about that a lot in previous teachings. But they they throw all all Jews under the bus. They they brush every Jew and they're all evil, way and they're 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 godless, and they are in this Jewish cemetery, and they are picking up grave after grave of recent buried graves these 12 digit alphanumeric i believe codes on their phones and they're showing you like how far they are away and they're right over the graves and they're and they're different ones for like different graves and there's i don't, I, I mean i've seen a lot of videos but it was very compelling very very compelling i don't think they were making this stuff up they were there at night they were doing it undercover and um you know the problem is is they're they're as anti-semitic as you could possibly be and they're cussing and and, you know godless and yeah they've got some stuff figured out but you know (laughs) some stuff not so much and um it it was it was unreal i mean i've i've seen those videos but this was about the most compelling one i have ever seen and it was all freshly buried people in this primarily jewish cemetery I, i think it was in america Uh, So these people, when they're dying, they're still giving off Bluetooth signals. I don't know how. I I can only assume that the nanotech is still interfacing with the decomposing body and in some way still running. And that operating system is still up and running and it's still generating a signal. This technology in these COVID kill shots is so advanced. I don't think any of us really, me included, can fathom how advanced they are um so they're already i mean that operating system that is going to interface with the 6g system and already is interfacing with 5g is already in the people that have gotten the covid the covid shots and i think every time you get another shot you're you're upgrading that operating system then this i just saw this today it's it's called the line i've had a lot of my listeners email me about this this city that they want to build in i don't know, uh, i I don't know exactly if it's united arab emirates or one of these places and this is just chilling it's called the line smart cities are a sa- are satanic prisons okay cuz they want have smart cities and this is a brief uh, video that kind of talks about that And you might want to watch it because he actually shows you a lot of pictures of this horrible, wicked city that they're, I think, going to build.
3: Hello, you're listening to Hugo Talks. Now, I've seen this before but I've never really talked about it. I've never really talked about smart cities, I don't believe. And recently, a couple of weeks ago, Uh, They released some new rendered footage and an advert of this thing called The Line. It's called Neom. It's a smart city, a smart linear city. They're going to make or they're planning on making in Saudi Arabia in Neom, Tabuk. Now, you know, I've been talking about the smartphones, the smart meters, the 24-7 tracking and monitoring of you, your energy usage, where you are, what you do, you're tagged and tracked, and having and using a smartphone is enabling this to happen. And eventually, the plan is to get people and squeeze them all into smart cities, self-contained smart cities, where you are going to be detained, yeah, and monitored. And these cities will be run by AI. This place, it says here, this place, Neon, the line, it says here, plans on having an AI judiciary. That Mm. sounds like fun. AI courts, fantastic, Mm -hmm. robot judges. Automated
0: intelligence, meaning AI, they're gonna be what judges you. This godless AI will be your judge, jury, and executioner.
3: What everyone wants. Here's a clip.
4: Imagine a traditional city and consolidating its footprint. Designing to protect and enhance
1: nature, the line will be home to now. This
0: let me just tell you, this is insanely asinine. This concept because they're they're showing a city that's that's like sprawling, okay, and they're taking the city and they're moving it into this line that looks to be like, I don't know. I mean, the the way they're portraying it, it can't be more than fifty to hundred yards wide, and it, then they build it tall. And it's, that's what they call it the line. So it's a continuous line that extends, I don't know, whatever they say it extends, if it's 10 miles, 50 miles, 100 miles. That is incredibly inefficient. Can you imagine? I mean, if you had a city and let's say the hardware store you want to go to is whatever, a mile away. Well, if you do this, you're going to i mean just logistically speaking you you might have to go you know 20 times the distance to get to a thing that took you 5 minutes to get to before because you're going to have to go down this line that you it's, and it's a prison essentially what if what if the hardware stores at the end of the line and that's what you need to do and i understand you could have redundancies built in in, the, in this type of thing but this is the most insane stupid design i can even imagine other than if you're trying to create a prison where i guess they can be controlled constantly and monitored constantly but the designers i mean talk about dropping the ball a million residents and we are designing it to provide a healthier more sustainable quality oh, of life because yeah, right. they care so much about mother earth like they have, like these aren't the same people that have defiled the planet in every way, shape and form and blamed it all on humanity when they had the technology to, to have so many other options, but they've suppressed them all so that they could control us and make money and, and you know, create as much death and destruction as they possibly could.
1: place for commerce and
0: communities to thrive like nothing on earth seen before. The line the city that delivers new wonders for the world totally insane
3: yeah it's like a sci-fi butlins holiday camp with your smart chalet to stay in reminds me of that film the island where they were cloning everyone but you have to stay forever proper nightmare stuff here's another clip for you you can see they are trying to sell this concept to the people The line is just breathtaking.
4: The line is harmony with nature. The line is human excellence. The line to me is the newest wonder
3: of the world. The line is just my... Anybody
0: with half a brain in their head just looking at this and analyzing the the concept of this. I'm just red flag after red flag after red flag after. Wow, nothing like being crammed in like a sardine. You can't... There's no room to move. You, you're you're in this this wall essentially. It's like a big contiguous wall that is maybe I don't know the way they're portraying it. Fifty yards wide, it most maybe hundred yards. Maybe I doubt it. It doesn't not the way they're portraying it. Talk about feeling like the walls are closing in. Literally, no pun intended. Well, I mean, I could understand if they made like a circular. Like, okay, instead of being on a line, it's a circle with spokes interconnecting where you could reach other parts of the city. Still, you'd feel like you're crammed in there like sardines and there's no place to go. But at least you could access other parts of the city much more efficiently than a contiguous line, which makes no sense whatsoever.
3: No, it's not It's crap. It looks like living in a Minecraft game this advert is really going overboard trying to flog this concept aren't they the line is breathtaking it's a wonder of the world they haven't even made it yet it's a smart prison you clowns really outstanding futuristic and sustainable
1: The line is a dream of all Saudi generations.
0: A physical representation. I, I, I guarantee you, it's not a dream of all Saudi generations. There, it's like they're they're speaking on behalf of every Saudi Arabian. If if anybody could actually get a real look at this thing and look at it, they I mean you're you're going to come to a quick conclusion. This is crazy.
2: Hope. The line is the future.
3: Yeah, this is also
0: looking very like the film Elysium. You yeah. know the sci-fi film even Elysium though was was they weren't all confined I mean this is this is way more in some aspects way more draconian in Big brother than Elysium Elysium they weren't confined they were they were in these big sprawling horrible cities and yeah then you had Elysium up on on the thing but but Elysium itself the way that they portrayed it if that was the paradise thing on the on the outskirts of our of our orbit was um was really nice and it had big yards and in it, 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 you know, it was it was portrayed as very um, a very nice place to be, uh, where you weren't cramped and, and smashed in like sardines and stuff. So, in some ways, this is way worse.
3: Of course, Hollywood, you know, have been putting predictive programming in their films for a long time. Predictive programming to acquaint the public with planned societal changes, so you're familiar with them. And will accept them yeah. as natural progressions, sure. thus lessening possible public resistance and commotion. That's the idea, anyway, with predictive programming. If you're aware of predictive programming, then you bypass that psychological trick. That's what Hollywood, that's its function, like I said. It's all psychological, that's what they do. It's all voodoo on your mind. Entertainment. Enter the mirror. Tain. That's the backing. Of a mirror meant meant means to fix to cement also means mind you know mental fixing concepts in your mind entertainment through the black mirror in order to retain you retainment that means possession anyway I'm getting off track here we see the website for the line it says here the line new wonders for the world This is them trying to make a dystopian smart prison look nice. Yeah, yeah?
0: exactly.
3: Oh, here we go. Look, look, this person's floating through the air, floating through the air. Mm -hmm. Let's jump through a portal. I don't think people are going to be able to fly around this smart city like Superman. So already they're lying to you in the video. Oh, yeah. New wonders of the world, it says. Reminds me of this line from the Bible. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie. And they are calling this new wonders for the world. It's a giant prison. It says here on the blurb, it says the line is a civilizational revolution that puts humans first, providing an unprecedented urban living experience while preserving the surrounding nature. It redefines the concept of urban development and what cities of the future should look like. There. This is this is it here. Uh, as you can see, it's a, it's a big mirrored wall. They reckon it will be 200 metres wide, 170 kilometres long and 500 meters above sea level. And it's gonna house nine million people, all of them being tracked and monitored. Okay, tra- so
0: 200 meters wide. It's, it's not really how they're portraying it on the thing, but that would be, you know, you know, tiny bit better, but still, you're gonna feel like you're crammed in there like sardines.
3: In all sorts of ways, everywhere they go, what time they go to sleep, what time they take a crap, yeah, this is looking like a, a sci-fi movie. Logan's Run, another movie, comes to mind. It says here, this is to be a city without cars. A train will whisk passengers rapidly from end to end. It's going to cost 500 billion, one trillion, some say. I'm curious, they are spending 500 billion? What happens if nobody wants to live there <laughs> once it's built? That's a lot of money down a train, isn't it? Or are they going to make people live there? It's also possible that this is a load of spin. Is it ever really going to get built? And if it does, is it really going to look like this when it's finished? Is it more likely going to look crap and people will be living in a rabbit hutch and probably cycling all day long in a little tech rabbit hutch producing energy for the big corporations? And these adverts are trying to make it look good. It doesn't look good to me, but they are trying to appeal to some demographic You know, it's so expensive and big. This might all just be fluff to get people talking about it and showing it in a fancy light. Who knows, because I don't believe it's even started building yet. They've also got videos of versions for other countries that they are planning, like in New York and I believe Kensington, London. So, you know, this is what they are planning. Now, if scripture is coming true, okay, which a lot of people believe is, and these are the end times, then you're going to have some form of antichrist ruling over everyone. An egomaniac Darth Vader tyrant ruling over a super totalitarian world. And what better way to rule over people, to completely control people, than this, you know, with the complete monitoring of them in these smart cities or prisons, as that's how they look to me. Well, you know, I won't be getting involved. I'll be out in the wilderness keeping well out of the way of this madness. And you know, next time you check on your smartphone or download an update, it's all leading to this. That's what it's all about. Right. Was in a store the other day and they six G a whole wall dedicated to smart home tech. Tons and tons and tons of stuff from thermostats to doorbells, you name it. Yep.
0: All of I ever- would stay away from as much of it as you can possibly stay away from. And energy smart appliances aren't good either. That's kind of tied into that.
3: Guys with photographs of happy families and smiley faces, they're training you now for these smart prisons in the future. I don't know what you can do. I know where I stand and I know where I draw the line, especially with the internet. I'm mentally preparing for just, you know, to just cutting it all off when the time comes. Anyway, that's
0: neon the line. Okay, so we have that. Now let's go forward here. Uh, next report uh, More evil than Hitler. American Medical Association endorses horrific medical mutilations of children. Demands police, state, DOJ arrest anyone who disagrees. And again, as I've said for years, they're, they're just coming more and more out in the open. The um, AMA and The medical pharma cartel is just aligning itself more and more with pure wickedness and pure evil. In a shocking act of medical tyranny and authoritarianism, the American Medical Association, or AMA, is now demanding that the DOJ arrest and prosecute anyone who opposes surgical child uh, genital mutilations carried out in U.S. hospitals that fraudulently claim that they are affirming a child's gender identity by maiming them with medical violence. Leftist child abusers turn to the police state writes Daniel Greenfield at FrontPage.mag, where he says, When they get caught abusing children, the first resort of the leftist abusers, whether it's the National School Boards Association or the American Medical Association, is to label their opponents as domestic terrorists and demand that the Biden administration use the DOJ to arrest and silence them. Now the MA is pro-mutilation, putting the organization in the same moral category as serial murders murderers, rapists, or Holocaust operatives. Any doctor who remains a member of the AMA is now aligned with a, for, with a for-profit with for mutilations of children in the name of wokeism, and America's medical establishment joins the ranks of communist China with its forced organ harvesting in terms of outrageous acts of evil committed against humanity. If they will mutilate children for profit, what other crimes will they commit against adults to make more money? Uh, I mean, look what they just did with the whole covid uh, agenda i mean or in our continuity i'm sure furthermore if ama member doctors are willing to mutilate children for profit what else are they willing to do for extra revenues could they perhaps falsely diagnose people with cancer so that they might earn more money administering medically unnecessary chemotherapy which is basically poison Of course they do. They might falsely claim people have complex COVID so they can earn an extra $500,000 for the hospital by putting those people on ventilators and remdesivir, killing them in the process. They get better bonuses when they die, as we've covered. This is the substance claim of a lawsuit that has already been filed against three hospitals in Fresno, California, which the lawsuit says profited by committing medical fraud and essentially murdering their own patients. If the AMA is willing to mutilate children for profit, any rational person has to assume there's no line they will not cross. There's nothing AMA member doctors won't do, no matter how evil, to make money off the pain and suffering of innocent children and adults. Evidence-based medicine is a joke. There is zero evidence that a child can change their gender through surgery and chemical castration. Well, because you're still going to have the same DNA, male or female, no matter what you do. The claims of the AMA, Big Pharma, and Western doctors who say they only practice evidence-based medicine are absurd, if not downright fraudulent. No evidence, exists, no evidence exists whatsoever to claim that COVID vaccines are proven safe and effective for any human being. The clinical trials were skipped, and the FDA resorted to emergency use authorization under the false panic of the pandemic to skip the long-term trials and simply deca- declare the messenger RNA injections to be safe without any supporting evidence. As now the Revolver.News is reporting, Big Pharma refuses to turn over the messenger RNA data for independent assessment, indicating they are hiding the truth and committing a historic global fraud in pushing COVID vaccines that are neither safe nor effective. Next report, USDA airdropping animal vaccines from helicopters across 13 states using vaccine as bait, but these same um, vaccine packets are deemed hazardous if ingested or even touched the usda like many federal agencies is deeply invested in the business of extermination for example most people don't realize that the usda mass murders millions of birds every year through the deliberate poisoning campaigns natural news has published the usda's list of bird extermination from 2009 pdf showing how the agency murdered over four million birds in the usa alone why are they murdering birds unless they're just evil and wicked? That program is called Bye Bye Blackbird. A little bit of sarcasm they're using there. A little bit of satanic sarcasm. And it's just one of the many mass extermination programs run by the USDA. Another program involves the USDA mass murdering of foxes, coyotes, bears, mountain lions, bobcats, and river otters. Yeah, we need to kill off those river otters off. Yeah, those cute little fun guys. Um... As Natural News reported in 2018, according to the latest report, the federal program killed at least 357 gray wolves, uh, 69,000, over 69,000 adult coyotes, plus an unknown number of coyote pups and dens, uh, over 624,000 red-winged blackbirds, over 550 black bears, uh, 319 mountain lions, 1,001 bobcats, 675 river otters, Including 587 killed that were killed unintentionally, and 30 over 3,800 foxes, plus unknown numbers of fox pups in 128 dens, and over 23,000 beavers. Also, in 2018, the USDA was caught murdering hundreds of kittens in incineration ovens as part of an of a medical experimentation operation. Oh, so wicked. As Natural News reported in 2018, the USDA has been experimenting on kittens by feeding them parasite-riddled ridden riddled raw meat for two or three weeks so their feces can be collected, then they are killed via incineration. Want not it be nice when all this is over? You know, and we're Jesus in heaven. I mean, this is just unreal i mean you can't even fathom this level of wickedness and at the end of the study bishop says the usda admitted that the baby animals were healthy so but they killed them anyway congressman mike bishop mike bishop sounded off in the usda's kitten murder practice saying i'm shocked and disturbed that for decades the usda the organization charged with enforcing animal welfare laws has been unnecessarily killing hundreds of kittens well, really, hundreds of thousands, it sounds like, most likely. Um, kittens, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's way more than hundreds, it's more like thousands. Anyway, the very organization charged with enforcing animal welfare laws has been unnecessarily killing hundreds of kittens in expensive, inefficient lab experiments. Any government research program like this, one that's been funded by the Nixon administration, needs to be put under the microscope especially when it involves using kittens as disposable test tubes and harmful tests that most taxpayers oppose. The USA, in other words, slaughters millions of animals a year and runs cruel medical experiments on kittens, among other animals. I mean, I talked before about the stuff they do to the little beagles, like the sweetest dog, and the big reason they use beagles, and Anthony Fauci was all involved with that, is because beagles are so forgiving. Ugh. I just can't handle this. Uh, it's, you know, it. Uh, boy, man, I tell you, there's going to be hell to pay in hellfire for these devils in the lake of fire. That's all I can say. I mean, these people really think they're going to just get away with this forever and, and there's going to be no repercussions. They're going to get rewarded from Satan and hellfire for all the wickedness they've committed. Oh, they're going to have a rude awakening that parades tonight. This is the same USDA that conspires the pesticide manufacturers to poison the human food supply with some synthetic chemicals, including herbicides like atrazine that are known as chemical castrators that alter human hormone expression. Now the same agency is airdropping edible vaccines across 13 states, claiming to be controlling raccoons uh, in rabies. But the bait is so dangerous, it's never supposed to be ingested or even touched as we'll see according to the associated press via dailypress.com the u.s DA is now airdropping millions of millions of packets of oral rabies vaccines Now i've talked about this before uh just can't oral rabies in the keyword search where this could all end up <laughs> I think i am legend because that was that was the rabies vaccine was the one i believe that was partial measles partial rabies with i am legend that created all the zombies yeah yeah, no red flags, no red flags at all. Millions of packets of oral rabies vaccines across 13 states. Those include Alabama, Maine, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Tennessee, and West Virginia, West Virginia, Virginia, and Tennessee. The US State claims these rabies vaccines um, are embedded in food bits that are currently flavored with fish meal. This will, of course, encourage all sorts of wildlife to eat the vaccine traps, of course. That's what they want maximum death and destruction and evil causing unknown consequences in wildlife animals that will obviously ingest the tainted treats domestic dogs and cats can also stumble upon the tainted food bits and ingest them causing involuntary vaccination against rabies which can kill pets note carefully that the usda is in the business of exterminating animals so when they drop bait from helicopters laced with potentially harmful or even deadly rabies vaccine ingredients it's not difficult to realize the real motivation behind the program is genocide obviously this isn't the first time the u.s government has unleashed biological warfare specimens specimens into the wild either although fact checkers vehemently deny this accusation many people believe the u.s government engineered and released lyme disease as a biological weapon we'll hear more on that next um more recently it is now exhaustively documented that the u.s army helped engineer sar's engineered the SARS-CoV-2 virus that handed the bioweapon, then handed the bioweapon to China's Wuhan labs for final gain-of-function enhancement, all via Anthony Fauci. Even the mainstream medical journals, such as The Lancet, now admit that the lab origins of COVID are, this is a likely explanation, this turned out, and we've been, we've talked about that for years at this point, this turned out to be global depopulation, and infertility weapon, which has unleashed the unprecedented havoc across the world, enticing people to be injected with yet another biological weapon the messenger RNA COVID vaccine that's killing human beings by the millions all over the world. What the USDA does with blackbirds is the same thing the vaccine industry is doing to humans. It always seems to be about extermination and depopulation because they love you so much. The vaccine bait being dropped across 13 states, it turns out, isn't even safe to ingest. Oral vaccine is deemed hazardous to health if ingested and poses a threat to humans and pets if it's even touched. Yeah. The USDA's APHIS Department, Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, runs the oral rabies vaccine program, and it doesn't even bother to claim these vaccines are safe. And there's a link. See its oral rabies vaccine and bait information page page here. The safety data sheet for the vaccine. There's a link to that. It's manufactured by Merle and tells a larger story. Although these vaccine bait traps are intended by the USDA to be orally consumed by their These vaccine bait traps are intended by the USDA to be orally consumed by animals. Even though that's what they're for, to be orally consumed, the safety data sheet warns potentially hazardous to health if any of the following should occur. Number one, ingestion. In other words, the vaccine is hazardous to health if ingested. Yet ingestion is exactly what the usda is achieving by coding this vaccine with fish meal and dropping it across 13 straight states indiscriminately to be consumed by every kind of wild animal imaginable yeah makes a lot of sense the entire purpose of this delivery mechanism is to have the hazardous vaccine the hazardous vaccine ingredients ingested and since we brought that up how did the bioengineered lyme disease escape from plum island in a bombshell story reported by Xinhua News Agency in 2021, author, researcher, and professional professor Carl Grossman alleges that the Lyme disease was one of the many bioweapons produced by the U.S. government-funded laboratory original staff by Nazis who were brought to the USA under Project Paperclip, a program that saw the U.S. government recruit former Nazi scientists to work in fields like rocketry, like NASA, medicine, and computing. From that story, it says the godfather of The Plum Island Laboratory was a Nazi bioweapons expert, um, Irik Traub, who was brought to the United States after the Second World War. So I'm going to play this video here.
4: How did Lyme disease escape from Plum Island? Beginning in 1968, a cluster of illnesses sprang up in the northeastern part of the United States, centering around Long Island, New York. Initially characterized by juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, symptoms were observed and ultimately classified as Lyme disease, named after the small town of Old Lyme, Connecticut, located on the New England coast, across from Long and Plum Island. It defied textbook descriptions of known illnesses and was characterized by strange symptoms such as muscle aches, joint pain, fatigue, fever, chills, impaired memory, and facial paralysis. In bad cases, it can lead to nervous system disorders, heart problems, and death. Lyme disease is the sixth most commonly reported infectious disease in the United States, and an estimated 300,000 to 437,000 new cases are diagnosed each year, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Lyme disease is spread by an arthropod vector, a biting insect, that transmits the disease or parasites into the blood. In this case, epidemiology researchers concluded that Lyme was spread by deer ticks living in the region. And as it stands today, the most common disease spread by ticks is Lyme disease. In July of 2019, U.S. House of Representatives Chris Smith a Republican from New Jersey introduced Amendment 116 19, which was passed by the U.S. House of Congress on July 11th. This legislation was presented in order to investigate claims that the Pentagon researched tick based bioweapons between 1950 and 1975 at Fort Detrick, Maryland and Plum Island, New York, to turn ticks and other insects into delivery systems for pathogenic biological agents. As it turns out, Plum Island has been owned by the U.S. War Department since 1897 and exclusively utilized for a biological research facility. The island is situated just
0: north of the e- war department. Owned- And they're using and they have used Plum Island to wage war against Americans and wherever this this spreads, you know, to another depopulation, just tool of depopulation, misery, death and destruction.
4: East of Long Island, across a narrow stretch of water from Old Lyme, Connecticut, on the northeastern U.S. coast. Representative Smith wants to find out the truth about Lyme disease. Was this a natural, deliberate, or accidental disease outbreak? According to Z.F. Dimbeck from his 2006 publication, Discernment Between Deliberate and Natural Infectious Disease Outbreaks, there are five clues in determining a deliberate epidemic. Clue number one, is this a highly unusual event with a large number of casualties? Clue number two, is there higher morbidity or mortality than is expected? Clue number three, is it an uncommon disease? Clue number four, is there a point source outbreak? And clue number five, are there multiple epidemics? Based on his evaluation, these clues all point to Lyme disease being an unnatural disease outbreak. In 1952, Plum Island was managed by the US Army Chemical Corps as a component of its biological warfare program, and two years later, in 1954, it was upgraded to a Bio Level 4 facility. Because of its isolation from the mainland and stringent containment facilities, it was viewed as ideally suited for such experimental research work. In 1953, just one year prior, the Biological Warfare Laboratories at Fort Detrick, Maryland, established a program to study the use of arthropods for spreading biological weapons agents. According to the US Army Chemical Corps own archive, a summary of their work made a ni- chemical corps 1959 reveals that they believed the advantages of insects and spiders as bioweapons carriers are that, quote, they inject the agents directly into the body so that a mask is no protection to a soldier, and they, meaning the arthropods, will remain alive for some time, keeping an area constantly dangerous. At the time, bioagents in development were sarin nerve gas, anthrax, the plague, and many other bacteria. The secrecy for these projects was modeled after the strict guidelines for the Manhattan Project, where the scientists had to sign confidentiality agreements, and they had not been informed as to the ultimate purpose behind their biological experiments with arthropods and disease agents. In other words, they had no idea they were developing weapons of war. The perfect incapacitating agent made a large percentage of the population moderately ill for months. The illness it caused would have to be hard to diagnose and treat, and the target population shouldn't be aware they've even been dosed with a bioweapon. The scientists and researchers at Fort Detrick and Plum Island would have to import from around the world and or invent new, unknown microbes to then expose ticks, fleas, mosquitoes, and other insects to the biological agents so they could properly transmit the disease through their bites. Fort Dietrich's director of biological research, Dr. J.R. Goodlow, stated for the record on February 16, 1962, quote, Research on new agents tended to concentrate on viral and rickettsial diseases, with major effort directed at increased first-hand knowledge of these so-called arthropod-borne viruses. Rickettsia is an intercellular parasitic bacterium that can live inside insects and be transmitted into the blood of any warm-blooded animal they choose to bite into and feed upon. The wide range and variety of these bacteria naturally makes it hard to diagnose and cure. And that's exactly what the US military wanted from their biological warfare experiments, a disease that is impossible to identify and is spread by insects, giving them plausible deniability in case of an outbreak. However, did this research end up becoming a literal Pandora's box of bacteria-carrying bugs? As a matter of fact, the researcher who discovered the cause of Lyme disease admitted it. In June of 1982, Wilhelm Bergdorfer, a Swiss-born and educated American scientist, was credited with discovering the on-the-record cause of Lyme disease, a spiraling corkscrew-shaped bacteria, smaller than the Rickettsia bacteria, called a spirochete. The spiraling bacteria was then named after him the year following his discovery, Borrelia bergdorferi.
0: In- bergdorferi. Is Borrelia Bergdorf Ferry. Um, and well just remember that name for I'm gonna cover a little little piece on him next.
4: Switzerland Bergdorfer's academic advisor, Rudolf Geige, helped place Wilhelm in an institution that supported the US bioweapons program, the Rocky Mountain Laboratory in Hamilton, Montana. In 1951, the Rocky Mountain Lab housed the most extensive tick collection in North America, and the lab was primarily funded because of the U.S. government's need for the mass production of ticks and rickettsia in order to produce vaccines that could cure bacterial infections. However, by the mid-50s, the lab's research shifted to the U.S. Biological Weapons Program, and Wilhelm Bergdorfer became one of 13,538 civilian employees enlisted for this purpose. In 1955, Bergdorfer took on a large number of projects from the Biological Weapons Program, helping to grow strains of pathogenic bacteria inside ticks, testing their effectiveness on live animal subjects that were monitored and force-fed to the blood-sucking insects. When he found a compatible pair of ticks and biological agents, Fort Dietrich would add that agent-tick combination to its list of potential biological weapons for offensive warfare. Just before his death in 2014, Bergdorfer was videotaped, saying that he believes that the outbreak of tick-borne diseases that started around Lyme, Connecticut, had been caused by a bioweapons release. When asked by documentary filmmaker Tim Gray if he questioned the biological warfare work he was involved in, Wilhelm replied, quote, Has Borrelia burgdorferi have the potential for biological warfare? Looking at the data, it already has. We evaluated it. You never deal with that. You can sleep better. When asked if he feels responsible for an epidemic that breaks out with all the tenets of things he put together in the laboratory, he responded, quote, Yeah, it sounds like throughout the 38 years I may have. And finally, when asked if the spiraling bacteria he found inside the ticks tested from the areas surrounding Plum Island, thought to be the sole cause of Lyme disease, was the same or similar to pathogens he had published in his own scientific research papers back in 1952, Wilhelm Bergdorfer stared into the camera for 43 seconds silently before responding with a resounding, yeah confirming he was a part of an elaborate cover-up. So why didn't Wilhelm include this astonishing coincidence in his scientific article on Lyme disease? What was Bergdorfer really up to? Before finally discovering the -the on-the-record cause of Lyme disease, the spirochetal bacteria, Bergdorfer's involvement in the Lyme disease outbreaks began in the summer of 1975, but his investigation was interrupted by a National Institute of Health-funded trip to Switzerland to collect ticks. After his return, he began analyzing the ticks from Long Island, just south of Plum Island. Wilhelm Bergdorfer said that in 1979, while examining ticks near Plum Island, all but two of the 100 ticks tested had an unidentified rickettsia species of bacterium inside, a bacteria distinctly different from the spiraling corkscrew-shaped spirochete. When Wilhelm dissected 124 more deer ticks, 98% of them had the new rickettsias in them, and only 60% carried the new spirochetes, the supposed conclusive cause of Lyme disease. In his own handwritten lab notes from 78, just a year before, almost all of the Lyme patient's blood from the area surrounding Plum Island tested positive for the new rickettsia, similar to a known European strain, which he suspiciously nicknamed The Swiss agent. Although this was two years before he published his final report, a report that concluded a spirochetal bacterium was the sole cause of Lyme disease, the Swiss agent Rickettsia was never mentioned as a possible cause of the illness. He even stated that these unidentified Rickettsia viruses are almost impossible to test for, admitting that an enemy population would not be able to figure out what was wrong with them if they happen to be infected by it in some sort of tick-based bioweapon assault. So in 1979, Wilhelm seemed convinced that a new rickettsia could be the causative agent of Lyme disease. And even in a report to his co-workers, he stated that he believed the blood samples from Lyme patients contained the Swiss agent rickettsia. However, after this message was sent, Bergdorfer claims he was called on the telephone visited by the FBI, and this mysterious Swiss agent bacteria was never mentioned again in any of his research papers. Did government officials know that something else, in addition to the Borrelia spirochetal bacteria, was causing the problems and symptoms associated with Lyme disease? Was controlling Wilhelm Bergdorfer's supposedly objective scientific research a way to keep the lid on it? Could this Lyme disease outbreak be caused by a creature that escaped from Plum Island? A tick with a cocktail of bacterium living inside of it? As reported by Charles Piller of the Boston Globe in an article titled, The Swiss Agent, Long-Forgotten Research Unearths New Mystery About Lyme Disease, he said, quote, Patients and doctors might be mistaking under-the-radar Swiss agent infections for Lyme, or the bacteria could be co-infecting some Lyme patients, exasperating symptoms and complicating their treatment. By their own words, this conglomerate of bacterial agents within insect delivery systems would be the exact goal of their offensive biological weapons program. As Joshua Lederberg, Ph.D. of the Washington Post, wrote in an article from September 24, 1966, quote, The large-scale deployment of infectious agents is a potential threat against the whole species. The future of the species is very much bound up with the control of these weapons. Their use must be regulated by the most thoughtful reconsideration of U.S. and world policy. It's time for the U.S. governments to come clean about the dirty work they've conducted inside top-secret research facilities and tell the American public about the creature that escaped
0: from Plum Island. Well, they, they released it on purpose by design, for the very thing that it's been doing. You know, sorry, that was a little long-winded. I know a little technical, but it was it kind of really covered the waterfront on the whole thing with Lyme uh now <clears throat> i did a uh, a study just um less than a month ago where i talked about i had a whole section on lyme and i give my the lyme disease in um of protein protocol and the research and the medical testimonies regarding it now this scientist emeritus national institutes of health doctor dr william burgdorfer phd md discoverer of lyme disease of whom the linebacker was named after as Borrelia Burger ferry um, Of course, you know, obviously he went along with this agenda. It seems as though, at least in 2014, he was hopefully having regrets about his participation in this, but he has repeatedly recommended the Invibe mild silver protein to hundreds of MDs in the medical community at worldwide conferences. To deal with this um, so um, anyway going forward here uh, medically uh, this is the last report here genetically modified mosquitoes are vaccinating humans now uh, and the website regarding that is www.dr-johnson.com for the mild silver protein uh, a full uh, box full of genetically modified mosquitoes successfully vaccinated a human against malaria in a trial funded by the National Institutes of Health or NIH. The study involved about 200 hungry mosquitoes biting a human subject's arm. Um, and there was more than just one human. Human participants placed their arm directly over a small box full of blood suckers. You got to be crazy to do this. And um, one of the persons that were responsible for that said, We use mosquitoes like they're a thousand small flying syringes, just the same way they're using the ticks, essentially. You know, and a little different, they're not using the ticks to vaccinate anybody, but you know. So they're using these mosquitoes like they're a thousand small flying syringes, said researcher Sean Murphy, as reported by NPR. Three to five vaccinations took place over a 30 over 30-day intervals. Vaccinations is what they're referring to them as. Half of the individuals in each vaccine group did not develop detectable P. falciparum infection. And a subset of these individuals was subjected to a second CHMI six months later and remained partially protected. These results support further development of genetically attenuated. So, they're like GMO sporozites as potential malaria vaccines. Mm. So, GMO mosquitoes, essentially, as flying vaccine vectors. Well, uh, so you're going to force some GMO mosquito on me, and I'm going to be force vaccinated. But there's total plausible deniability, because they could just say, well... (laughs) We know we don't know which ones are GMO and which ones are natural, and who knows if you got vaccinated or if you didn't. And again, it's, it's the same plausible deniability they were just talking about with the with the ticks. What a vile, vile devil creature that is. Um, and and these are things I do believe that we can pray against, and that they're on my prayer list, the one main prayer list. But you know, like if you're in an area, you can pray specifically for regarding these these things as well uh carolina reed was one of 26 participants in the study she said my whole form swelled and blistered after she got you know you know had these blood-sucking gmo mosquitoes vaccinating her my family was last at laughing and asking like why are you subjecting yourself to this Reed enjoyed her experience so much, she says she wants to participate in as many vaccine trials as she can, and I'm sure she will absolutely beg for the Mark of the Beast when it's released. For this research, each participant received forty one hundred dollars as an incentive. Yeah, great to be defiled by some GMO flying mosquito syringe. I'm sure she's all fully vaxxed, COVID vaxxed as well. Okay, so that's all I have for today. Um, I'm Probably um, not going to be doing a study next week. So we will see you in the next audio. Um, God bless you and thank you for listening.